Good afternoon, everybody. 3.38 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022. Two, 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 I'm funny because I commit. C O M M I T T T T T T T T T T T T T T Oh man, that's my favorite character on that show. I love the whole show. I love everybody on the show. I'm just a huge fan of the whole fucking show. Whenever I'm just super bored, I'm gonna watch Scrubs. When I'm ready to just watch a funny comedy show, I'm just gonna watch Scrubs. There's just I catch up on Scrubs. They have a nice YouTube playlist with all the seasons, so I just catch up on that. Still haven't made it through season one, though, but I'm at the end of the, uh, close to the end. So anyway, Chad is over here. It's here recording live from, uh, I want to say Syracuse, New York, but it's Duluth, GA. Today is my nephew QQ's birthday, if not tomorrow. So happy birthday, QQ. 12th birthday. He was born in 2010, so that's real cool. You know, uh, getting older, you know, and 12 and stuff, and, you know, uh, you know, so anyway, um, I know what we're going to talk about right now, this, this comedy podcast, Okay, somebody was calling me, scam likely was calling me, so. Uh, and that's basically what we were going to be talking about, likely scams, right? We're going to talk about scams real quick, man. Um, hold on. All right, so last weekend, last weekend I was watching on Netflix, one of the last things on Netflix I watched, besides the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, was... um. It's called, what's it called? The Tinder Swindler, right? The Tinder Swindler, right? I, I was watching that Saturday, Saturday morning or Friday morning. I was watching that. Might have been Saturday morning. I was watching that. So, The Tinder Swindler. This whole long two hour ordeal about this foreigner who was scamming different women on Tinder and other apps using other people's money. It was like he would scam one girl and get money from her, so then he'll use that money to spend on another girl. So if you send him any money, he's spending that on another girl, right? And uh, there's a, there is a, um, I'm going to my Google chats right now, because around the same time I was watching that, that's when it happened to me again. Like, this just happened to me a few weeks ago. Like, a few months ago, it happened to me to where someone was pretending to be a girl on this app called Tagged, right? And uh, for two weeks, man, for like two or three weeks, she just had me believing she was a girl. And it was really an African 17-year-old named Habib, Right? And didn't get a dollar out of me because, like, if I touch a dollar, the last thing I'm going to do is give it to a woman. Got me fucked up. The fuck kind of shit is that? Like, I know I used to be lovey-dovey and mushy and shit, but 
Like, if I meet a girl in real life and I really like her, like, yeah, I'll send her money, like, a little money for food or weed and shit like that. But as far as, like, super duper, just, like, especially over the internet or, like, no, nigga. Like, I would have to literally meet you in person and actually really be hanging out with you. And, like, I, I would have to be the only guy in your life. Like, for real, for real. Like, if you got other guys hanging around you, then you're going to have to get it from them. But if I'm literally the only guy you're hanging out with, then I'll look out for you. Because it's like a mutual thing. Like, you're the only girl I'm hanging out with. I'm the only guy you're hanging out with. So, yeah, I'll, I'll care if you are starving or if you want some bud or whatever. I'll look out for you. Only because I'm the only guy in your life. If I'm not the only guy in your life, I'm not doing shit for you. Just because I'm not the only guy in your life, you can go see how much those other niggas care about you and get it from them. Real shit. Real shit. Like, if I'm the only guy in your life, you'll be rewarded for that. If not, you're not getting shit from me because you're not getting nothing from them, nigg- from them niggas. They don't give a fuck about you. You tell them you're starving. They're not going to send you nothing for food. They're not going to buy food for you and your friends. They're not going to do none of that shit. They're not going to do none of that shit because you're not the only woman in their life. What the fuck they doing that for? Like, you're going to have to fuck them to do that. Like, real shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Niggas want sex for every fucking thing, bro. So it's just like, I just enjoyed your company. So... I literally liked you, you were sweet, so I, you know, that's it though. But as far as just that just happening like over the internet, like hell nah, nigga. You got to pull up on me to see me first. So I'll tell the story about the first time, but for now, let's just stick with this one. So I'm watching Tinder Swindler, and, um, Right before I was watching that, I guess, that's when it popped up. It's so weird that right when I was watching it, somebody tried to get me again. It was like, I added somebody on Facebook called Michael Monk. It was like a mutual friend of my friend Isaiah from back in the day. Like, I know Isaiah knew um, Michael Monk. So I saw that name and I was like, I'll just add him just because or whatever. So I add him. Then I get like a bunch of ads from these like random girls. And most of them look like fake pages and stuff. So I'm like, all right, these are all fake pages. Like with links to nude videos, shit like that, just some fake ass bitches, right? So I'm like, uh, fuck that. But they had this one request that came from Michael Munt's friend called Sandy Cabrera, right? And she's in a army uniform, white lady in an army uniform. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I click the page, I accept her. It says widowed mother of two kids and this and that, you know? So I'm like, oh shit. I felt bad, so I just sent her a message to be like, you know, I'm sorry for your loss, my condolences, and and thanks for your service in our country. You know what I'm saying? Just real shit, just a real quick, you know, thanks for your service, sorry you're a widow, breaks my heart type shit, you know, and like people are just real fucking scumbags. That's why I'm happy that COVID's out here and a lot of people are dying because uh, they're only dying because God doesn't want them alive anymore. It's just that fucking simple. If I die today... God didn't want me alive for tomorrow. It's that simple. It's just that fucking simple, bro. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means that God called them home. So COVID has been calling a lot of people home. And um, some of those people were good. Some of those people were not good. God called them home because some of them were good and they got to go with him to heaven. God called them home because some of them were not good and they got to go back to hell where they came from. So I feel like you either come from heaven or you come from hell and you're going right back to where you came from, my nigga. So it is what it is. Like, 
it's God's will over everything, bro. God didn't want these people alive anymore. They are no longer alive. Now, does that mean they were bad people? No, it just means in whatever is coming in this next time, they're absolutely useless. God had no use for them on this planet anymore after that certain time. Doesn't mean they weren't loved or cherished by other people. Doesn't mean they're not good people. It just means for God's plan for the world, they are now useless and he no they have fulfilled their fucking purpose. That's what I mean when I say they are now useless. Like, don't get mad at me, bitch. Take it up with God. Like, do you believe in God's will or not? If not, then exact your will across the universe, you powerless bitch. But when you fucking die, you die because God made you die. He allowed you to fucking die. There was no other purpose he had for you to serve. Real shit. There was nothing else productive that he needed you to do on this planet. Whatever your destiny and your fate was, that contract is done. Your life has a contract attached to it. It's that simple. Your time's up. You're done. You're gone. You're no longer needed here. And that goes for me. When the time comes where I'm no longer needed, I'm going to disappear because the world no longer needs me. I won't take it personal. I understand what that means. It just means whatever the fuck I was sitting here to do, bitch, I did it. Or God just gave up on me because I was never going to do it. And he was like, you know what? Fuck it. This nigga is just not going to get right, so I'm taking him back. I don't know how that works, you know what I'm saying? So some people that die, they did not complete their purpose, possibly, but... I would think most people that died, they completed whatever purpose God had for them. It may not have been the purpose they thought they were here to do, but whatever their actual God-given purpose actually was, once it's done, God takes you out, whatever it is. So that same thing goes for me. I'm not biased. Everything I say also applies to me. When my purpose is done, bro, whatever it is, God's not going to give me one extra day. Once that purpose is done, God's going to take me. Then there's going to be that one day where, that first day where I don't wake up. And then my life is over. And then it's like, okay, Chad's lifetime is over. So after this day, his last day, it was no longer perfect for him to be on earth. Right now I'm alive. That means it's perfect for me to be alive right now. One day it would no longer be perfect for me to be here. One day it would no longer serve my best interest or the world's best interest for me to be here. The day could be tomorrow. Today could be the last day. Then that means tomorrow it's like that was the first day where it was perfect with Chad not here. You know, it's the universe will be perfect no matter what's going on. So I have to accept that, you know. Um, so so now let's talk about the scam shit, why I even brought up the whole COVID thing, you know, because there's so many scam artists and, and criminals out here, bro. It's like, it's good that there's a disease wiping a bunch of people out because a bunch of people don't even deserve to fucking be alive and be here. Like, who am I to say that? But I'm only talking about the fucking criminals and the fucking, you know, the murderers and the scam artists and shit. The same people who will hear me say that and be like, oh, child, you can't say that. Those are the same people who wish death on the witnesses of the OJ trial and wish death on OJ himself. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't wish death on OJ. You don't think OJ deserves to be dead and this and that. And Kato, Kaylin should die. And you know what I'm saying? You don't have those feelings where you're like, yo, this person, I wish this person was dead and this person doesn't deserve to be alive. So, don't be a hypocrite. 
how you feel about the OJ shit? You wish that nigga was dead, right? Oh no, now all of a sudden you see it exactly how I see it. And you're like, well, it's, it's, in, it's in God's hands, right? You're gonna say all that spiritual shit, right? So anyway, it's like this. Um, I'm watching a Tinder Swindler and it was just really fucking crazy, but it was blowing my mind. Like it was like kind of heartbreaking. It was fucked up. So I message Sandy Cabrera and she starts messaging me back and stuff. And uh, we're just texting back and forth. And I'm trying to see if she's real. And then after a brief while, she gets real serious real fast. She just gets real serious real fast. Like, you want to date me? I'm looking for someone to love me, this and that. I got real needy. Like, she was like real needy and shit. And it was weird because it was like, women don't act like that. Women don't act like that. It was too fast. It wasn't even 24 hours. It wasn't even like six hours. It was just like, you know, it was within six hours. It was just real fast, bro. Within one work shift. Women don't do that. Women do not do that, especially online, bro. Especially online. And she was trying to rush it too fast. Well, are we serious? Are we really going to be together? Like, she was just like, right? So I looked up the fucking, I looked up the, um, just now today, I looked up the actual... Um, I looked up Tinder swindler tactics, right, to get an article with a list of the tactics that they use, right? So number one out of six, create an attractive profile and identity that exudes power, wealth, and status. So by her having a, an army officer, it exuded power and status. Okay, I got this army soldier and that's a red flag why would army soldier be single online anyway i'm sure there are some but i think you get what i mean army soldier can find their own you know date somewhere and they can even be dating another soldier which is most times what they're gonna do or whatever so boom number two love bomb the victims with grand expressions of affection including moving rapidly towards being a couple and discussing a possible future together. That is what she was doing. That's where I caught her. Because she was love bombing me about, oh, you want to be together? Or, How serious are you about this? Are you serious? How serious are you? Are you serious? How serious are you? Are we together? Are we together? This and that. And I, I see us having two kids. I can have two more kids and this and that. And you know what I'm saying? Like, boom. Right there on number two, I fucking stopped the bitch. Because... I started getting wary because the bitch mentioned WhatsApp. Bitch mentioned WhatsApp. First off, only scam artists use WhatsApp, bro. Real fucking shit. If anything, use text free. Text free makes more sense. It's when a girl like just doesn't want you to have her real number, but she still wanna talk to you and shit. So you're just getting to know her, so she'll give you his fake number so you don't bother her. That's that's understandable. You have your own number for her. But all that WhatsApp shit with, with the videos and the audio and this and that, like that is what scam artists use. But every scam artist I've ever met uses WhatsApp. Haven't met a fucking scam artist that doesn't use WhatsApp. When a motherfucker's using WhatsApp, it means they do not want you to have their phone number. They want a fake phone number. That means if they're using WhatsApp, they don't have an Instagram. They don't have a Twitter. They probably don't have a Facebook. And then, of course, she has a Facebook, but she was saying, oh, will you use WhatsApp because I don't like using Facebook like that and this and that. That's the same thing the bitch on Tad said, who was really Habib, the 17-year-old African and shit. So as soon as she said that, gave me bad flashbacks of the bitch for two weeks. I'm thinking it was a woman, and it was a fucking bitch. It was a... 
17-year-old African male. So I'm like, hold up. And I, at that point, she lost me. I, I went the fuck off on her, basically, bro. Started spazzing on the bitch, like, yo, you're a fucking scam artist. Only scam artists use WhatsApp. Fuck that. I'm, I don't use that shit. I'm not downloading that shit. Fuck that WhatsApp shit. If you want to talk to me, you can talk to me on here. If not, you can fuck off. Like I started to spaz on the bitch, bro. She's like, oh no, forget it. Um, I'll never, I'll delete WhatsApp. Never mind. Blah blah blah. And this and that. And can you use Hangouts and Google Mail? I'm, you know, I'm like, yo, bitch, you doing too much. You fucking doing too much. I don't want to talk to you that bad to where I gotta download all this other shit just to talk to you when I'm talking to you right fucking now. Like it was pissing me off, bro. It was like real women don't act like this, bro. You can either give me a number or not. Like I don't give a fuck. I don't message you to say I'm sorry you're a widow and my condolences and um just you know thanks for serving our country like it was just under the pretense of you being real I didn't even I don't even give a fuck about you bro it was just like you're a fake ass bitch it was starting to piss me off so boom at that point I was done I was done I'm cussing the bitch out and she's like why are you being so mean and the mood just changed I'm like you fucked up the mood everything was fucking cool until you wanted to bring up all these scam ass apps and shit what's that what the fuck is a WhatsApp, bro? Only the fucking scam artists use that shit. Even when you go on YouTube and you're looking up financial videos about stocks and investing and trading, you're going to always see some bitch-ass motherfucker post a comment pretending that some person can make you a lot of money from trading and shit. And then you're going to see 12 fucking comments back-to-back within that same one-minute thing, bro. You're going to see just 12 responses immediately pop up within minutes of the first one, bro, with different people just saying... How, oh, I want to learn this person's tactics and how do I contact this person? Oh, here's their WhatsApp and this and that. And oh, and then you're going to see a bunch of other people who say, yeah, I used that person before. Like, I'm like, bro, these are all fucking Africans. These are all the same motherfucking African, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, these niggas make us look bad, bro. You know what I'm saying? All these black ass fucking Africans, bro, with flies over their eyes and shit, man. Like, that shit pisses me off, bro, because, like, these Africans look at us like they're the original black man and they're better than us. Well, first off, you never seen an African-American move to Africa for a better life, first off, nigga, because we built America to be what it is today anyway. That's why Africa ain't shit anymore, because we are gone. If we were still there, we would have built up Africa to be what America is today, but we weren't, bro. We were in America building up America, so now... All of the fucking Africans want to fucking come over here to fucking live a better life. That already shows that where they're from is a piece of shit. Basically, why are you leaving your home if it's so fucking good? If you're the original black man, stay your black ass in Africa, bro. Don't come over here looking for a better fucking life. And then you want to take advantage of us, bro, from where you're at in Africa. Or even come in here and try to take advantage of us. Open up shops in our neighborhoods and all that shit. Like, yeah, you're black, I'm black, but we have different cultures, bro. Like, we're African-American, bro. Our culture is different. You motherfuckers are on some scam shit, and then African Americans are on some scam shit too. But we're but we're scamming other African Americans. We're not fucking trying to scam Africans and shit. We're not going online looking up Africans trying to take advantage of them. It was it's a, it's a weird fucking thing. Like if you want to be an African scammer, why don't you scam other Africans, bro? But you want to scam African Americans because you look down on us and shit. And you know what I'm saying? Like it's so much fucking hatred, bro, within the black community, bro. It's like we scam each other, we kill each other. Like so at cer- at a certain point, 
I started just saying shit like, yo, black people ain't shit. I fucking hate these niggas, bro. They should have killed us all a long time ago, bro. Like, what the fuck? And then you're like, Chad, yo, what the fuck, bro? You're going too far. No, fuck you, bitch. I'm just venting. I'm angry as fuck from being taken advantage of. How much compassion do you want me to have over people who keep trying to take advantage of me, bro? Whether they're in my family, their friends, fake-ass friends, whether they're African-Americans or Africans, bro. Fuck anybody with immorality that's trying to take advantage of me or anybody else. That's all I'm, I'm harping on is the actual evil of the situation. Not the individualism traits, the individual characteristics of the fucking perpetrator, nigga. It's really, it's just a perpetration, period. It's just a fact that you're just, it doesn't matter who the fuck you are, whether you were Asian, white, Jew, Palestinian, it wouldn't matter. If you were doing that slime ball shit, I would look at you with the same fucking hatred of just, of like, 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 why hasn't COVID killed you yet? Like, you you are the same motherfuckers who don't want to die from COVID. Like, you have no fucking purpose here. I have no idea why God's even allowing you to be alive. That shit is baffling to me. Like, why does God just sit here and just let you just be mean, bro? Just let you just be evil. Like, why does God just sit here and just let evil shit happen, bro? He just lets it happen. But a Christian would tell you it's called the great controversy, and that means that He's literally on trial and, and the devil is claiming that he's not real. So he's literally on trial. So he has to just sit there. So it's like he's bound and gagged. And basically it's like God is bound up and he cannot exude his force because he has to sit there and let the whole fucking trial pass by. So it's understandable when you look at it like that. So it's like, whatever. You know, and that's exactly what religion would say anyway. It's like, there's a God, but he's not allowed to do anything about all the evil going on because he's on trial for not being real. How hypocritical is that or whatever? You're not real. So, I, you know what I'm saying? So it is what it is, bro. I still believe in God, but I'm just saying. He just sits there and lets all this evil stuff happen, bro. All these people who are not like me at all, the way when they do bad things, they don't even feel bad about it. Like, I don't do bad things because if I did, I'll feel real bad about it. And I, it makes me wonder, why did he make me like that and no one else is like that, bro? These people do evil shit all day, every day, and they never feel bad about it, bro. And they keep doing the shit. And here I am being an empath. And, you know, and it's like Tupac say, like, you're, uh, you're, you're in the land of demons trying to be an angel. That's suicide. And it's like, Damn, bro. I'm surrounded by all these demonic motherfuckers, man, who would just do all this evil-ass shit, bro. And then when COVID happens, they want to be afraid and wish they don't die. Like, you should fucking die, bro. Like, there's no fucking purpose here for you, but that's just my perspective as a human. God obviously still has a purpose for you, allowing you to fucking live, bro. But it's just insulting to the people that try so hard to be good people, bro. And they're just watching all these evil-ass motherfuckers just prosper and be alive. Like, God, what the fuck is up, man? And you're not supposed to question God, and I'm not trying to curse at you. God, forgive me, but you understand the passion and stuff. I'm just asking a simple question, but you're not supposed to question God, so I can't even ask God, why are you allowing these evil people to still be alive? And then maybe, you know, COVID will end up taking them out, so maybe God is setting it up, you know? You have to let God do it. So anyway, um... To, to keep reading what's going on with this, love bomb victims with grand expressions of affection including moving rapidly towards being a couple and discussing a possible future together. Boom. So at that point, I was already waiting for her to do the third one, which is manufacture an emergency that urgently requires financial help. This might be a business situation, medical problem, a criminal justice issue, such as claimants that have been arrested overseas. Because the other bitch, um, I can't even remember her name because she was fake, was a fucking... 
man named Habib, a 17-year-old African named Habib. It's always a fucking African, bro. Third world country ass bitch. You know what I'm saying? Just real fucking shit, man. And uh, can't even remember the bitch's name. Like, they're so stupid. The bitch's name was Brenda Vanessa. That's how stupid these fucking Africans are, bro. They don't even know shit about our culture, bro. You don't even know that those are two first names, you dumb bitch. First off, you know, nobody's going to make their middle name Vanessa. You know what I'm saying? It's like Vanessa Lane Bryant, nigga. Like, it's Vanessa, right? And then, you know, even Brenda is a middle name. And just, it's weird. So I'm like, well, which one is your fucking first name and your middle name? Because you have two fir- fucking first names, bro. Brenda Vanessa, Vanessa Brenda. That don't even make any fucking sense. No bitch's name, Vanessa Brenda, Brenda Vanessa. That shit don't even sound right. Don't even sound right. Brenda James, maybe, or some shit. Brenda Jane or some shit. But Brenda Vanessa? Vanessa Brenda? Really? Come on, now. Those are two fucking first names, bro. My middle name is Chad Xavier. It wouldn't be a Xavier Chad. You know what I'm saying? Chad wouldn't be a middle name, nigga. Like, the fuck, bro? Xavier could be a first name. You know, so you could say, I got two first names, too. Chad and Xavier, but it still rolls off the tongue. Chad Xavier. You know what I'm saying? My brother's name is Justin Lamar. My brother's name is Quentin LeVar. You know, or Quentin Lamar and Justin LeVar, whatever. Quentin LeVar, Justin Lamar, one of them shits. But it rolls off, nigga. It's like Brenda Lane or Vanessa Lane or some shit, you know. But Vanessa, Brenda, Brenda, Vanessa, come on, man. Like, I'm American. That shit is a red flag to me. I was like, what kind of fucking name is that, bro? Nobody's that stupid to name their daughter Vanessa Brenda or Brenda Vanessa. If there really is a Vanessa Brenda or Brenda Vanessa out there in the world somewhere, I apologize. But that shit is just off. Like, when you're an American, you know how America works, bro, in the simplest aspects, right? So, number three, I was waiting for this shit the whole time. Like, manufacturing an emergency situation. Because with Brenda Vanessa, her shit was, I'm getting evicted and this and that. I didn't really care about that bitch. Because first off, like, if you were getting evicted before you met me, you were getting evicted before you met me, nigga. Like... You were already getting evicted. That's your fucking problem. You figure it out. I didn't fucking know you when you weren't paying your fucking bill. Bitch had so many excuses. She had an excuse for everything. She was like, she lived 40 minutes away from me, but she had no money for gas. And her phone is cut off, so she has no phone, so she can't call me from a real number. But she has Wi-Fi in her apartment, but she's getting evicted from her fucking apartment. Her landlord keeps bothering her. She wants the fucking money. How did she used to make her money? Well, before she lost her phone, she was uh, selling makeup or some shit in a booth at a mall or some shit, but she lost her phone, lost all her clients, so she doesn't have a phone, can't call me, can't do video, voice messages, can't take a picture, show me a new picture with my name on a sheet of paper, can't do nothing, can't prove her identity, but the bitch needs her rent paid. First off, I'm smarter than a fifth grader, bro, like, I'm not that stupid, like, I pay attention to my red flags and... I just, I'll entertain the motherfuckers who trying to scam me. I just entertain you. I humor you, you know, but I'm past all that shit. Like, I'm not sending you anything. When I get paid, I'm putting that money on the stock market. You can suck my dick. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't this lovey-dovey-ass mushy nigga that gives a fuck about random bitches I don't know. I like to keep bitches as random as possible. I like that bitch to be as random as possible. That way there is no emotional connection to her. She could fucking starve and die. You know what I'm saying? Because she don't mean shit to me. Because she's random. She's a fucking stranger. I don't even know this bitch. I don't want to know this bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I messaged her, messaged her online to get to know her. We started talking. That was it. I just wanted to get to know you. But I don't fucking know you yet, and you're just throwing all your problems on me. First off, that's the quickest way to make my dick soft, because I'm not telling you shit about my fucking problems. I'm going to work to solve my fucking problems, your fucking problems, or your fucking problems. If you don't have your rent paid, bitch, that's your fucking problem. Go out there and suck some dick. So anyway... You know what I'm saying? I real shit, because that shit just pisses me the fuck off, bro. Like, so I just entertain the shit, because you're not going to get a dollar from me, because as soon as I touch a dollar, I throw it on the market. So you will never get a dollar from me. You know what I'm saying? Um, the only way I would give a woman money is like if I know her in person, and I'm the only guy she's talking to. If I'm the only guy in your life, and we're talking all day, every day, I'm the only guy you're talking to, then yeah, I'll look out for you, because that's how it goes, other than that, nah, I'm not doing nothing for you, if I'm just number two, or number three, four, or five, you're a slut, I'm not doing shit for you, just like those other niggas, so anyway, number four would have been, escalate these financial demands over time, typically by asking victims to transfer money, register credit cards, or take out bank loans, then the last one, I guess number five, would be threaten, abuse, or otherwise coerce the victim if they refuse. So Brenda Vanessa, aka Habib, and this person, um, Sandy, Sandy, whatever, Sandy something, Sandy Cabrera, and shit. That's a uh, Cabrera means hat. Sandy hat, hat Sandy, Sandy hat, and shit. That um. That's what I was waiting for her to do to manufacture her emergency. You know, she never got a chance because by number two, I was on to the bitch. As soon as she mentioned WhatsApp, I had bad flashbacks because that's what I had to do with uh, Brenda Vanessa. Because, yeah, her last name was Trainer, Vinda Vanessa Trainer. Just it was the most awkward name I've ever heard before. No parent. It's going to name their fucking daughter Brenda Vanessa. Vanessa Brenda. I had to ask the bitch, which one is your middle name? Like, what the fuck? Vanessa Brenda? Brenda Vanessa was just like, that shit was awky as fuck. It just, it just really hurt me. It stands out. It's bad. And then it made sense. The bitch wasn't even real. Not even a real fucking name. Nigga couldn't even look up the name of a fucking actress or some shit. Just a stupid motherfucker, man. So, you know, um... So as soon as I, I caught her on the Brenda Vanessa, I was like, take a picture with my name on a sheet of paper. That fucking simple. Just take a picture with your face in it with a sheet of paper with my name on it. That fucking simple, you stupid bitch. All these excuses why you can't take a fucking picture of your face with a sheet of paper in it that has my name on it. That fucking simple, bro. All these fucking excuses. I'm like, oh, fuck this stupid bitch, man. So after a while, I snapped on her, and she was like, all right, fine, I'll tell you who I am. Because I was like, yeah, I'm, about to do, I'm about to delete you, bro. Like, you're pissing me the fuck off, bro. Like, you've been wasting weeks of my fucking time getting all this information from me, trying to get information about my, my stock accounts and trying to get my passwords for everything. Like, these motherfuckers deserve to die from COVID, bro. I'm not ashamed of COVID at all. I'm not afraid of it. COVID is killing the people that God doesn't want alive anymore. Straight the fuck up, bro. Straight the fuck up. The only people I know that caught COVID have been dream killers, bro. They have been people who have been cruel to me. Real shit. So it's hard to even feel fucking bad. It's like I feel bad and shit, but it's like, how are you going to miss a dream killer? You know what I'm saying? Like, my cousin-in-law fucking died from COVID, bro. But... My last memory of him was trying to kill my dream, just being a dream killer. So for 
someone you will see as a dream killer and all of a sudden they catch COVID and die, you're like, damn, like, you can't separate that. You're like, yo, this nigga caught COVID, but it's like, every time I saw him, he was just a dream killer. So it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a, there's relevance to that, bro. There's relevance. Now, at the same time, there are people that caught COVID that probably are not dream killers, bro, but I don't fucking know any. You know what I'm saying? The only people I know that even really caught COVID, you know, really, like, got hurt from it, have been dream killers, bro. People with, that I have bad memories of. So, like, I don't wish anything bad on people that do fucked up stuff to me, bro, but, like, I can't cry for the shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? And I had saw him a few months before he died. Like, I saw him. I didn't have too much to say to him because he's a fucking dream killer, bro. So I saw him. Hey, how you doing? Bye. That's it, bro. That's it. I got nothing else to say to you. You're a fucking dream killer. Then a nigga dies from COVID after being in a coma for a month. And I just felt really bad. I'm in this conflict of emotion now. Like, what do I do? Like, you know what I'm saying? And it just made me feel bad because I felt bad for his his family. Like, my, you know, my cousin, his daughter, his sons, his twin sons and stuff. I felt bad for those affected by his life and shit. You know what I'm saying? Affected by his death. I felt bad for them, bro. You know what I'm saying? But it was just like, my last memories of you, bro, you were like a dream killer. Like, you know, and of course I resent you for that. Like I was 20 years old, 21. I'm, um, I'm very impressionable. And here you are trying to kill my dreams and shit. I'm trying to be a filmmaker and you tell me to get off of YouTube. Stop fucking around on YouTube. Like, real shit. And this was 10 years ago, but I'm 32. YouTube was only five years old at that point. In 2011, this was before it really took off. Like, these people interfere with my future, bro. They interfere with my life, with my trajectory. Like, they were trying... While he was telling me that, he was living in the basement of his wife's father, bro. So it's like, come on, man. Shut the fuck up and get the fuck out of my face, bro. Because first off, you're living in my uncle's basement giving me life advice. Get the fuck out of my face, bro. And I was trying to edit my first short film right there. Like, niggas really interfered with my life, bro. Like, they tried to just steer me wrong as much as they possibly could, but in their head, they had my best interests in mind. There's no way for you to have my best interests in mind, bitch. You can only have your best interests in mind. So... With that, I'll just leave it there and stuff. You don't talk about dead people and stuff. But I'm just saying, like, the, nigga, the niggas that I've known that died from COVID, I have bad memories with them. They have, like, you know, they were not nice to me, nigga. So COVID was just, like, payback, nigga, that I never had to do myself. It was like, I let the universe handle all my problems. If you treat me like shit, I know one day the universe will get you back, bro. It is what it is. You know, uh, if the nigga was killing my dreams, I can only imagine what he would have did to his kids. So maybe God was just like, yo, you got to go. We don't need you here anymore. Like, but but when, when, when the dude... All right, good afternoon, everybody. It's 4.12 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022. Chad Xavier Harris here recording live from Duluth, Georgia. So I, this is a part two. My mom called me, interrupted me, totally pissed me off and just fucked up the mood or whatever. I really hate being interrupted when I'm fucking recording and stuff. Just totally fucked up everything. Now I, it has to be a part two now. So now you don't know what the fuck is going on. I got to tell you what, what I was talking about before. It just totally kills the fucking vibe, bro. And... um. 
I was just talking about scam artists and shit like that, man. So now, you know, this is going to have to just be a part two. I'm going to include this inside of the episode on Anchor, so it don't matter. So I'm just going to keep going, like like I was saying, bro. But um, I was just saying, like, you know, my cousin Mike died from um, from COVID and stuff. He was in there in, in a um, coma for a month and stuff. And when it happened, like, I felt bad because he has two twin boys, six years old, and then he has a daughter and stuff. But he was, like, divorced from my, my cousin and stuff. He's my cousin-in-law, so he was divorced from my cousin. They were separated, and maybe they were trying to work things out. But it, it just happened at a bad time, and he ended up catching COVID and passing away and stuff. And I felt bad for his family, you know, because they lost their dad and stuff, and I knew that was going to be horrible. But I felt like him dying from COVID would help preserve his memory in their eyes because now he, you know, all the pain that he would have caused by being alive and not being really active in their lives or living with them. You know what I'm saying? Now there's a scapegoat of my dad died when I was young kind of thing. So, you know, like COVID killing him really saved the relationship with his kids. It saved his legacy. It was like, so he didn't die the bad guy, you know, like he didn't live and become the bad guy. And, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a difference between saying my parents divorced when I was six and like now your sons are going to be going through the same shit that I went through at seven when my parents divorced and my dad was still alive. So to know my parents are divorced, my dad's still alive, lives in the same city as me, never comes to see me, that starts to cause a lot of psychological damage. But there's not going to be too much psychological damage that cause, that's caused from um, losing your parent. Like, who am I to say that? Of course, it's going to be pain and shit. But if a nigga dies, it's because he died. He's not around anymore. That's, it's logical. It's easy to accept that. But if your dad is divorced from your mom and he lives in the same city and he's never around you, that's going to fuck with your self-esteem. But when somebody dies, you can accept the fact that God took that person off of the earth. They are no longer alive anymore. So you will always have that fantasy of if they were alive, they would be in my life, but they are no longer alive. And that's why he's not around. So I was able to see that immediately because... Um, before my cousin even passed away, I was talking to one of his twin boys at their birthday party or at their cousin's high school graduation or something. The last time I saw my cousin Mike and his twin boy, one of them asked me if I hated my father. And that was a strange question for a six year old to ask. So it just really made me wonder what their relationship was at the moment and what it would have became. So once he did pass away from COVID a month or two later, I went back to that conversation in my head and I was just all like, cool. At least his sons won't grow up to hate him and resent him because he died. Death saved him. Death saved him. So you could just say your daddy was a good man and yeah, we were separated when, you know, he died, but we were trying to get back. You can do it however you want. You can wipe the separation under the rug, pretend like you always, you know what I'm saying? You can really embellish his image. You can really flavor it up. You can assinuate it. You can make it better. You know, but I'm telling you, like, to be a seven-year-old kid, your parents divorced, your dad lives in the same city, and you never see him. You see your dad two times a year. You call your daddy, never picks up. Uh, 
He never calls you on your birthday. You have to call him on your birthday. He cheated on your mom, and then he moves in with the girl he cheated on, and she hands up the phone on you when you call to talk to your dad and stuff. And, you know, all that shit will fuck with a child's self-esteem. So at least, at least their self-esteem could be protected more, and they don't have to go through life thinking, my father's not around because he did not love me. That's all I was trying to say about that. You know, but me personally, you know, my personal experiences with Mike was that he was a dream killer. So I don't fuck with dream killers, bro. I don't fuck with anybody who's going to talk negative to someone younger than them. You're like 30 years old at the time. I'm 20, 21 years old. And you're telling me to stop fucking around on YouTube when that's literally the career I wanted for myself. I wanted to be a filmmaker. Where else am I going to go but fucking YouTube, bro? You know what I'm saying? Where else in 2011, YouTube was the best place for a fucking filmmaker. In 2022, everybody watches the majority of their entertainment on their fucking phone using a streaming platform like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, or a user-generated content site like fucking YouTube, bro. It has taken over everything. It replaced TV. You could buy movies on YouTube. But he was 30 years old. I was 20. What the fuck did he know about what the future was going to hold? What the fuck does an older person know about the possibility? of the future. They only know about the memories from the past. So yeah, I resent the motherfucker because I'm 10, 15 years younger than you and you're steering me in the wrong direction. You're telling me to stop fucking around on YouTube when I had a hundred fucking subscribers within a six month period, bro. I was doing tremendously well. 10 years later, at least I would have had a thousand subscribers. At least, bro. At least a thousand subscribers. And that's not a lot compared to other people, bro, but that's a good ass number. You know what I'm saying? I had people around me wanting to use me for videos just because they told me, like, Yo, you got more subscribers than me, bro. You got 80 subscribers. like, But they didn't come from music videos, motherfucker. It came because I'm a real filmmaker, bro. I'm not trying to follow around a bunch of music artists who aren't going to succeed because they're going to get caught up in the sauce and they just want to be cool, nigga. You know what I'm saying? If, if you're really a music artist and you're really going to succeed, you'll do it without me, bro. Like you, you don't need me to make a video for you for the pop. I, I don't make music videos, bro. I do it for fun with my own. I buy a mask and I pick a song I like and I do a music video. That's me doing my own thing, bro. But I don't want to be following around you, having you giving me all these orders and shit. That's not what a fucking director does. You don't give the director orders. They give you the fucking orders. You just want a cameraman and a fucking lackey. That shit pisses me off. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a real novelist. I write books. I want to write scripts. You just want to stand in front of this fucking... All my stuff. You just want to stand in front of this camera and just fucking... um, And just look at the camera and just rap your words. That shit is so non-cinematic. I hate that shit, bro. When you want to make a short film based on one of your songs or your album or your mixtape or whatever, yeah, we could do that, bro, but I'm Chad Films. I'm not Chad Music Videos, bro, and I have this disdain for music videos because my first short film, I filmed it when I was 12 years old in Miami on a cassette camcorder tape, bro, and my oldest brother Quentin took that tape and deleted over it with... BT music videos just to show how how ignorant and destructive he was as a brother, bro. As your older brother, seven years, he was 19 years old when he did that to his 12-year-old brother, bro. The dude is so fucked up in the head. 
You know what I'm saying? It's always been like the bane of my existence, bro. This was years before he stole my identity, stole my taxes every fucking year for like six years. He would have me claim his oldest daughter because he has five kids, can't claim them all. He would have me claim his oldest daughter. Then he would steal all the fucking taxes, not give me one fucking dollar. Nigga would walk around with a copy of my social security card in his fucking pocket and he had a food stamp card in my name. Bro, I'm telling you, if I didn't value my future, I would have murdered this motherfucker, man. And there's nobody out there listening to this shit that would have put up with all of that without causing physical damage to the motherfucker, bro. I have an extreme amount of anger within me, but I'm responsible enough to know that it doesn't give me the right to do whatever I want to do. God would deal with that motherfucker, man. And that's what I let happen. All right, so Mike was a dream killer. COVID killed Mike. I apologize for saying it like that. I love you, Mike, you know, but it's gonna be hard for you to mourn someone who tried to kill your dreams when you were young and impressionable. How do you mourn a dream killer, bro? So I don't wanna keep talking about that shit, but it does get me emotional. When I think back to when I was impressionable and young and didn't have that fire to say, fuck you, bro, fuck you, like you live in my uncle's basement. Fuck you and your advice. It did not stop you from getting out of here. The bitch ass nigga said, I could make some fire videos on YouTube just by getting a cat. Well then get a cat, make some cat videos so you can move your ass out of my uncle's house, you bitch ass nigga. But he's not alive anymore. So I apologize for expressing my anger over someone who's no longer alive anymore. I, I really do, but I'm just talking about the dream killer shit, bro. That's all I'm saying is that when you become a dream killer, it's going to be really hard for people to mourn you. Who's going to mourn a dream killer? When he passed away, I was sad for the people his life affected. I was sad for the people his death would affect. But I know to me, somebody just on the outside barely see the nigga. He was a dream killer to me. So I could only imagine how he would have been to the people the closest around him. So God knew that and God took him away before he could really be a dream killer to those who would have really been affected by him. You know what I'm saying? So at least they won't grow up to resent him the way I clearly resented that one conversation of the nigga trying to kill my fucking dreams when I was 21 and young and impressionable and on a row. I had 60 YouTube subscribers. I had 100 YouTube subscribers in six months, bro. I made 50 videos in six months, bro. I was on a fucking row. I was dropping three to five videos a week. I was on a fucking road, bro. And motherfuckers was just trying to uh, steer me wrong any chance they ever got, bro. These are the same people who you have kids from out of wedlock. You were never married to my fucking cousin, bro. You got her pregnant when she was like in high school or trying to go to college. Like you, you know what I'm saying? You just interrupted everybody's future, bro. You're just an interceptor of everyone's future. You're just fucking up whoever got anything good going for him, bro. I remember when you first popped up and everyone was mad because you got our cousin pregnant when she's trying to go through med school, bro. And you just, you know what I'm saying? Like you just fuck up everything, bro. But I'm glad my, my cousin is, is alive because of that and everything. But I'm just saying, all I'm saying is a warning, bro. If you go out there and you try to kill the dreams of people younger than you, they are not going to mourn you when you die. That's all I'm saying. I felt bad for whoever would miss him, but my memories was of him trying to kill my dreams. So I had to ask myself, who? why would I miss a dream killer? 
You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and I can never tell his kids that, like, yo, you know, your dad was a dream killer to me, so he possibly would have did the same shit to you. You know what I'm saying? If he could justify doing that shit to me, he he'll definitely justify doing it to his own kids, and you would have resented the nigga. So it was it was in God's will and your best interest that he not be around, just so he didn't taint the memory of himself. He he fucked up his memory in my brain. I'll always remember him as a dream killer. You know what I'm saying? That's just what it is. That's what happens when you try to kill other people's dreams. They will always remember you like that. So it is what it is. That's just normal. That fucking makes sense. If I try to kill your dream, and I'm older than you, and I'm trying to kill your dream, and then I die, I know you're not going to miss me, bro. Why would you miss someone who tried to steer you wrong when you were really on a roll following your passion, bro? So anyway, I wasn't trying to talk about that shit that much, man. Um, so I apologize. No disrespect. Like, I still have love and compassion, but I'm just being real. Like, me personally, my last memories with you, bro, when I was young and impressionable at 20, I'm very sensitive about that age. So whenever I meet someone that age, I remember how I was at that age and how everyone around me was trying to kill my dreams, bro. They were trying to tell me I was dreaming too big, bro. I'm dreaming too big, bro. Really? Really? Now COVID's around and you want to still be alive? Why? You 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 don't believe in dreaming big. I was dreaming too big. Now you want to... You know what I'm saying? I mean, th that shit pisses me the fuck off, bro. When you try to kill the dreams of the youth and the younger generation, they're not going to miss you when you finally die. That's bad. When a motherfucker has to really uh, contemplate on whether or not they miss you when you die because every time they saw you, you were just being negative to them, that's a bad conflict because now you're testing my religion. You know, now he's, he's testing my religion now because it's like, I can't shed no tears for you, bro, because you were older than me and you were being irresponsible by trying to kill my dreams while you're living in my uncle's basement, bro. You were a burden to everybody, bro. I never treated you like that. I never talked to you like that, bro. I knew what the social dynamic was. I never made you feel bad about that shit, bro. What right do you have to speak on my life? Fuck you, get your shit together, nigga. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, but I feel for his kids' pain of growing up without a father, but let's just be honest. Nigga was a dream killer to me. You know, they're better off without him, and at least he will not taint his memory in their eyes anymore than he may have already done so like he did to me, you know? Because he fucked up his whole memory with me just from that one conversation a long time ago. It was just like, you know, if you if you said it once, you'll say it again. You'll, you'll do it again. You'll keep doing it and shit. So the last time I saw him, I had no words for him, bro, because I only associated him with being a negative dream killer, bro. So I walked off on him. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I've been good. Bye. I'm out of here. I don't got nothing for you, bro. Then when he passed away, I felt bad. Like, damn, I, I just saw him. I should have gave him a hug. You go through all that shit. Like, damn, I just saw him. I should have gave him a hug. But who's going to hug a nigga who tried to kill your dreams when you were on the road? Real shit. Who's going who's gonna to hug you, bro? You know what I'm saying? Like, who's, who's going to do that? Who's going to hug a nigga who tried to kill your dreams? No one's going to do that. Even if they're not like really mad about it anymore, it's just 20 years old for me, bro. I was at my most impressionable 
And motherfuckers was trying to kill my dreams every time, every chance they got, bro. And now, 10 years later, because, you know, if you're listening to this, you're going to say, yeah, yeah, that's how it goes, right? That's how people are. Okay, cool. That's why we got COVID now and motherfuckers are dying. All right, cool. Like, we're getting our revenge without having to do anything vengeful. You know what I'm saying? Like, the universe will settle all my debts for me, bro. I don't have to throw rocks through no one's window. Whoever hurt me, the universe will deal with them, bro. Whoever I hurt, the universe will deal with me, bro. I'm not as empty anything, but I understand the rules of the universe, nigga. Not going out there, being a dream killer to people younger than me, older than me, or nothing. I always gave people hell for not dreaming big enough, not trying hard enough, bro. You know, for giving up on themselves and just settling down and getting into these mundane, regularized relationships back to back that don't work. And you just keep jumping from one failed relationship to the next on some stupidity shit, bro. You know, instead of jumping from one business idea to the next or something, one investment idea to the next. You want to jump from bitch to bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit crazy. Jumping from nigga to nigga, from dick to dick, from breast to breast. You just... You know what I'm saying? Every year you got a different bitch or whatever. You can't keep a bitch longer than a year. Just like, you know what I'm saying? Just, just, you know? So it was like, whatever, bro. But they had a right to do that. And I had the right to be on YouTube trying to be a filmmaker. Now, in 2022, everybody already knows if you want to be a filmmaker, you go on YouTube and you work on getting your movies on streaming platforms and shit like that, nigga. Like, do a podcast. Every I, I was ahead of the curve. I was doing that way back there, bro. 20 years old, 21. So yes, I do resent the people who were trying to steer me wrong, bro, because they thought just because they were older, they could tell me how the world is going to work. You can only tell me how the world used to work, bro. You can't tell me what's going to happen in 2025. You were born in before the 80s, bro. Your brain is fried. You have no sense of foresight or imagination. There is no way a motherfucker born before the 80s and, and born in the 70s can tell you what life's going to be like in the 2030s because their brain doesn't even work like that. They were born before the information age. They weren't even raised in the age of information, so there's no way for them to even have that much imagination, bro, to like know what is really, you know, life is really going to be like in the 2020s, bro, in the 2050s. A motherfucker born in the 70s can only tell you about the 70s, 80s, and 90s, bro, in the 2000s and the 2010s. We're in the 2020s now, bro. Can't nobody tell you about the 2020s. Unless a motherfucker starts talking about transhumanism, if you're not mentioning transhumanism, which is like robotics, artificial intelligence, cybernetics, cybersecurity, cryptocurrency, bionics, biometrics, bioscience, biotechnology, neurotechnology, psychotechnology, myoelectroprosthetics, uh, autonomous vehicles, autonomous weapons, uh, electric vehicles, AR, VR, augmented reality, virtual reality. If you're not talking along those lines, bro, you don't know where the fuck you are. If a motherfucker's not mentioning transhumanism, that means they don't even know right now we are literally inside of the age and revolution of transhumanism. If you can look on YouTube and the internet now, transhumanism is something I found out about back in those times when Mike was telling me to stop fucking around on YouTube. When I was 21, I was reading an article on transhumanism, bro, 
And I was like, what the fuck is this? This is crazy, but it says it's 10 years away. So just this whole 10 year period, I just been waiting to hear about it again. 10 years later, now I'm starting to hear about it. It's making YouTube videos about it. Transhumanism this, neurotechnology, psychotechnology, nanotechnology, transhumanism that, transhumanism, posthumanism, all of that shit, bro. Cyborgs, cybernetics, bro. Androids, all shit like that. All that shit is real now. Robots, AI. Synchronicity, uh, uh, what, what was it called? Was it called Synchronicity? Was it Synchronicity? It wasn't Synchronicity. What's that shit called? What's that shit called? You know what I'm talking about. Terminator shit, man. Uh, us. I want to say Synchronicity, bro. It's, it's, it's that one one robot mind and shit. Uh, I can't remember right now. Fuck it. My brain is too fumbled right now. Too jumbled up. But, but yeah, man. It was... Um, Singularity or some shit. It was like singularity of consciousness or something. I think it's singularity or something. You know, quantum computers, like, I know what age I'm in right now. We are in the age of transhumanism, bro. So if you're not mentioning that, you do not know where you are in, in the human history time frame. You don't know where you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know what movement you're inside of right now. Like, you literally are on Earth and don't even know what period of Earth's timeline you're on. Literally. Like, with the dinosaurs, the dinosaurs didn't know if they were in the Mesoic or the, you know, the other shit, the uh, Crustaceous or the Triassic or the Jurassic. I was trying to think of the one that starts with a P. I think there was one that starts with a P. Or, you know, I want to say Mosaic, but that's a fucking art form or some shit. That's like a painting style or whatever, but a picture style or something. But, you know, you can, you can tell from my conversation, I'm very well-versed, you know, very uh, cultured as best as I can be. Um, but, yeah, man, so anyway, uh, I was talking about the scam artists. That's why I really got mad. I was talking about scam artists, and I went to Dream Killers, and I was, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, I was talking about the scam artists, and that's what was getting me upset. And then I was, it took me from the scam artists to mentioning COVID, and then it took me to my cousin that was a Dream Killer, and he died from COVID. And I was just trying to put all the pieces together to just try to say, like, there are good people that died from COVID. I'm not happy that my cousin died or anything, bro, but I can't shed tears because my only memories of him was trying to kill my dreams when I was young and impressionable. And no one's ever going to forgive you for that, bro. Like, like, what is forgiveness, bro? Like, I forgive you. Like, I didn't kill you. What does forgiveness mean? Like, yeah, I'm not... Like, I was young and impressionable, bro, and you really gave me bad advice. I resent anyone who gave me bad advice. If I give you bad advice, feel free to resent me, bro. Like, real shit. Motherfuckers gave me bad advice. I resent them. It is what it is. They die. I don't miss them. It is what it is. Like, I didn't. I can't mourn you. I'm not crying. It is what it is. Like, the world is better off without you, bro. Because you were a dream killer to me. You're going to do that to anybody, bro. You're going to do it to your own children. So it's really good that you did not do that. At least death, early death, preserved your fucking life, bro. It preserved your fucking, you know, your legacy, bro. That's all. The early death just preserved your legacy, bro. It was like JFK. If he would have stayed alive, eventually all his secrets would have came out. Him getting killed saved his legacy, bro. You can just remember him without his flaws, bro. So so that's all I'm saying. But please forgive me if it comes off like I'm being disrespectful to the dead. I really never talk about anybody that's passed away. But this is a family member. This is like someone that's been in my family. And I'm just like giving you the history of it. But 
it's it's a larger piece to it. I'm talking about the scams and and that's why I'm happy COVID's here because of all the scam artists out there trying to scam you. And then the only real family member I have that died from COVID was my cousin Mike, and that's why it really leaves me like, damn, like. Like, my Uncle Fred caught COVID, right? But my Uncle Fred was involved in suing my Aunt Mary over my granddad's estate and shit when my Aunt Mary was actually the one that took care of my granddad for 15 years when he was going through dementia, and and he passed away at 83 and stuff, and he passed away in 2013, the year I bought three Bitcoins for $88 a piece, my nigga. So I've always been into crypto, Bitcoin, and transhumanism, just didn't know how important it would be to the future. So when 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 my uncle Fred caught um, COVID, I, of course I felt bad. That's my uncle, one of my favorite uncles. I love him and stuff. But my aunt Mary is the one who bailed me out of jail when I went to jail. My uncle Fred didn't bail me out of jail. My uncle Tony, who was the ringleader of the lawsuit, you know, um, he was laughing at me when I went to jail. He's a detective, like he was a real detective, and he's laughing at me and shit, like. You know what I'm saying? So it was like when you all tried to sue my aunt and she's the one who bailed me out of jail, I stood up for her. And then I had all you motherfuckers scared and shit. And I was like threatening to kill y'all and, and everything. Everybody knows I'm not going to kill anybody. No, how, how Chad said he's going to kill you. That's hilarious. That just means you got me really fucking angry. But my aunt Mary's only son, Rodney, is in prison for life, bro. So I did that shit for Rodney. Like, fuck that shit. If Rodney was out here, all you bitch-ass, pussy-ass niggas would not have done that. He would have fucking killed you niggas. So so the least I could do is stand up for his mom who bailed me out of fucking prison when you bitch-ass niggas was laughing at me. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, you know, I have a right to be angry over what makes me angry, bro. So I stood up for the person, and then I even had to go against my mom for that. That shit caused a rift between my mom because my mom has uh, nine siblings, and all of them had to sign the paper to sue my Aunt Mary and shit. So they sued my Aunt Mary. I moved to New York. They lost the fucking case. They lost the case and shit. The judge threw that shit out. Fuck y'all niggas. You feel me? Y'all didn't take care of my granddad when he was dying and going crazy, nigga. Y'all didn't wipe his ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, real fucking shit. She had to do that shit, bro. You know, y'all niggas money hungry. Same motherfuckers who telling their kids they, they're not responsible for their kids anymore. They're adults and you got to get your own money and I'm not leaving you shit in my will or nothing. But they want their dad to leave them their money. My, my granddad had nine different businesses, bro, and he had nine sons. He had over nine businesses. He had one business for every son. All of his nine sons let all of his businesses crash, and he had to sell all of his businesses. You have nine sons. You have over nine businesses. You had one business for every fucking son, bro. He really did set up the whole family for generational wealth, had those bitch-ass motherfuckers just kept his businesses alive. But no, my Uncle Tony was a fucking detective. A black cop, ill. My Uncle Art James, was a he was a chief of police. Still a black cop. Just a bunch of black cops and shit. Just niggas arresting niggas. That's all you're doing. You're just arresting niggas. You don't care about crime and punishment and law and justice. You just want a stable career with benefits. You're a real fucking pussy. All the shit that white people did to us and you're going to join the law enforcement, you'll be better off taking your bitch ass to Vietnam and getting your motherfucking head blown off. You will have more respect being an American soldier and going overseas and fighting them than being over here arresting us. They use you to infiltrate our community. You're a fucking sellout. If you're a black cop, you're a fucking sellout. That's just how I feel. If you really want to grab a gun, go, go in the fucking army and take that shit across the fucking country borders, bro. But like a black cop, ill nigga, thumbs down. Because they're just using you to infiltrate our fucking community, bro. You're a fucking sellout. Piece of shit. 
the fuck are you doing being a cop for? If you really care about justice, bitch, be a fucking lawyer or something. That's Being a cop is like being a black prosecutor. You're just a nigga sending other niggas to jail. You useless fucking niggas, man. Take your bitch ass across the fucking country, bro. Go across the Pacific or Atlantic Ocean. All this shit got me angry as fuck now, but um, that's just honestly how I feel. I still respect cops and everything, but I don't think black people should be cops, nigga. You'd be better off just being a fucking soldier since you, you know, like the cop is like the pussy and shit. The cop is like the pussy. The soldier's the real nigga. You're the one that's really getting shot at, but the cop's not really getting shot at type shit. You know what I'm saying? And then when, when they get shot at, they get confused. Like, why are they shooting at me? Because you're a cop, bitch. What the fuck you mean? You know what I'm saying? That's what's supposed to happen. Bad guy's supposed to have shootouts with you motherfuckers. That's your job. You know what I'm saying? You're a fucking cop. But the soldiers, those are the real niggas. Those are the niggas really engaging in real warfare every day. Nigga really busting shots in trenches and all types of shit. Tanks and shit. Them cops, bro. Black cops are just pussies to me, bro. Don't fuck with them. Don't fuck with them Uncle Tom ass niggas. So anyway, my other uncle, Uncle George, was a postal office motherfucker driving mail trucks and shit. Like all of my all of my granddad's sons had jobs for bitches. My uncle Fred drove a bus. My uncle David drove a bus. These are all honorable things, but understand. These niggas went these career paths not because they were their passions. What kid wants to be a bus driver? What kid wants to be a male fucking truck driver? What kid wants to be a cop? A lot of kids want to be cops. But what kid wants to... You know what I'm saying? You, you niggas have boring-ass, bitch-ass jobs. Jobs for bitches. Let a bitch drive a bus. Let a bitch work in the mail room. You know what I'm saying? Like, you niggas had real boring-ass, mundane-ass, hoe-ass jobs when your father had a business for each of you motherfuckers, but you wanted the easy way out. You just wanted a job with benefits and insurance and shit. Well, that's what your bitch-ass get. Then he dies. You want his money. He already knew you niggas let him down. Your dad, I told my uncles this shit, bro. My granddad didn't leave you any money because you were an embarrassment to him. You let him down. He had nine businesses, over nine businesses, and he had nine children. My granddad didn't even have children by other women, bro. He might have cheated on my grandma, but whatever. He still didn't have other children on her. So he fucking had a business for all of his sons, bro. And they didn't pick up one of them. Not one of his sons were real enough to pick up any of the businesses. That was your inheritance right there. You gave up your inheritance right there when you did it. I could see it right there. I was like, why Why does Chad have to tell you this? What fucking 26-year-old Chad has to be the one to tell you that your father was ashamed of you because you let him down? You were a disappointment to your father. He had a business for you and every one of your brothers. You and your nine, eight brothers each could have had their own fucking business left to you by your father, but you let him down. So he said, fuck you stupid bitch ass, hoe ass niggas. He's not leaving you bitches a dime. And that's what the fuck happened. You had a fucking chance to inherit your father's business. You forced him to sell it and he paid you back for it, hoe ass nigga. It could have been your fucking business, but hoe ass niggas, bitch ass niggas, bro. So it is what it is. I apologize for getting so angry. I'm still sure this shit is hilarious. The angrier I get, the funnier I get. I just try to like tone down the 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 harshness. I just try not to be too harsh and shit. So these motherfuckers are still alive. So I'll talk about them. But I, I don't believe in talking about people who are no longer alive. But I would like to give you the history on how it was like when they were alive. So you can see. And you can ask yourself, nigga, if you were in my situation, would you miss the motherfucker who tried to kill your dreams while they were alive? They spent their life trying to kill your dreams. And when they die, 
Come on now, you're, you're gonna be happy that you'll never have to deal with that dream killer again. You're elated. Oh, the dream killer died. Who? You know what I'm saying? Let's throw a party. The fucking dream killer's gone now. At least I never have to hear him try to kill my dream again. Other than that, you feel bad about anybody that he was positive to. But the motherfucker wasn't a positive influence on me. So I don't have any tears to shed for him. But I'll shed tears for his children. Real shit. So that's just a warning to all the people out there. Like, when you are a dream killer, nobody is going to miss you when you die. So it's like, whatever. So I really keep that in mind. So I'm not a dream killer, bro. A lot of people are going to miss me when I die because I never told them that their dream could not happen. You know what I'm saying? I never threw that on them. I never threw my small mind on them. I threw my big mind on them. I just wanted their mind to be more expansive. Think a little bit bigger, bro. Think bigger. That's that's why people hate me while I'm alive, because I want them to think bigger. That's it, bro. I wanted them to be more expansive, bro. That was it. That was it. Just think bigger. That's all I was ever like, bro. People hate me while I'm alive because I'm always pushing them to think outside the box. I'm always making fun of them for thinking too normal. You're thinking too normal. You're thinking just like everyone around you. So, of course, they fucking hate me while I'm alive. But when I pass on, bro, they'll realize, like, I really did have their best interests in mind, bro. You're not going to resent someone who only wanted you to think more expansively while they were alive. And then when they pass away, they can never tell that to you again. So you can be happy now because that just means you're small-minded and you want to continue. Yeah, woohoo, the nigga who wanted us to think outside the box is gone. Only a fucking small-minded evil person thinks like that, bro. But people hate me while I'm alive because I'm always pushing them to think bigger. But it's like, fuck it, nigga. You'll miss me when I'm gone, bro. Because everyone, you're going to be stuck in a world full of dream killers. Just like yourself or whatever, man. So so anyway, let's get back to the scam artist shit, bro. So I was talking about um, Sandy Cabrera. She had me get on like a Google Gmail chat and shit. So, because she kept, like, um, talking about how she's overseas, right? So, of course, that makes me believe you're African. You're you're a white girl in the army, but you're overseas. That makes sense. But I'm just saying that's the perfect fucking ploy. That's the perfect plot outline for an African scam artist. Yeah, I'm American. I live in Chicago, but I'm overseas right now, and everything is dangerous, and we have all these fights, and this and that, and that's why I can't message you on Facebook. I just asked the bitch to send me a voice message over Facebook. Bitch was like, download WhatsApp and Gmail, chat, and hangout so I can call you on video, and I'm like, you don't have to call me, bitch. Just do a fucking voice message. Press the fucking paperclip button. Press the recorder and just record your real fucking voice. That's all you have to do. You don't have to call me or none of that shit. That's like you're doing too much. It's like you got somebody right next to you to pretend to be a girl or something. And it's just like, bro, you don't have to call me. Just if you don't want to do a video chat, that's cool. Just do a fucking voice message real quick. Let me hear your voice. You claim to be a white girl. I know what white women sound like, bro. I know what black women sound like, bro. I know what American women sound like. I know what an American accent sounds like, bro. 
just send me a voice message and it's all this shit. Oh, I can't send it because I have to go on patrol and they're going to kill me if I send this fucking message. That's what this stupid ass bitch was trying to tell me, bro. They're going to kill me. Basically, basically the bitch is saying they're going to kill me, bro. If I send you a voice message, if I send you a voice message, they're going to hack my coordinates and I'm going to get locked up by my superiors, bro. Like real shit. The bitch was that fucking stupid to think I was going to believe that shit, bro. Even if you were in the fucking military, bro, you could send a voice message on Facebook Messenger. If they can intercept your location from you sending a voice message, then why are you on here in the first fucking place sending me regular messages? Bitch, you are third world stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, bitch, you, you're African, bro. Your education was dirt shit compared to mine. Like, even American public school is better than whatever you niggas got over there, bro. Stop playing with me. Like, you niggas not in a third world fucking country, bro. Like, like you niggas aren't like just super under fucking privilege, bro. Like, you niggas got the worst poverty in the world or some shit, bro. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you niggas are straight third world, bro. Like, why are you trying to take advantage of a first world motherfucker? Like, you don't even have a first world education. Real shit, bro. Like, if it wasn't for crypto, you niggas would still be third world. But now that we got crypto, there's not going to be a third world country anymore, bro. Cryptocurrency is going to get rid of third world countries. So please don't be offended by me talking shit about the third world country scam artists, motherfuckers, man. You know what I'm saying? Because if you can justify being a scam artist because you live in a third world country, that's exactly why God allowed you to be born in a third world fucking country, nigga. Stay ass over there. We don't fucking need you in the first world. Go eat some fucking flies. You know what I'm saying? Like, because... You're sitting there on the internet, on the computer, praying on innocent people, bro. I was just on a dating app, bro. I was just on Facebook, bro. I'm not even trying to do no bullshit. Like, I'm just on fucking Facebook. Why do we have, like, scam artists on some romance shit? So then I'm watching the Tinder swindlers so I can get more familiar with the shit. Like, that shit crazy. Like, niggas doing, they're doing dating fraud, bro. They're doing romance fraud and shit. So let's read this article because I'm glad I found that article because that's what the fuck they are doing. That's what the fuck they are doing, bro. And I'm glad I found it. I'm glad I found the article because it helps me out. Because it's like, I try to tell them, like, bro, you're doing the same thing the last scam artist did. Trying to guilt trip me. All I asked for was a picture or a voice message, bro. Then you want to guilt trip me. Oh, fine, forget it, and this and that, and this and that. And I tried to call you, and this and that. And I'm, you know, I'm like, yo, you're doing all this guilt tripping shit. You're spending 10 minutes explaining yourself on some bullshit when all you got to do is send a 10 second, 30 second fucking uh, voice message, bro. That fucking simple. Send a fucking voice message. That fucking simple, bro. Real talk. So it's like, how can I prevent it from happening to me? Online dating is fraught enough without having to worry about financial fraud. It is hard to know someone on a dating app is really who they say they are. Current fraud protection advice, current fraud prevention advice focuses on taking the relationship into the real world. As soon as you feel ready, you're never giving money to someone you haven't met face to face. But in the Tinder swindler, this advice is redundant because Laviv, Simon Laviv, like many offenders, had curated a real life persona matching his digital profile. The truth is, a determined enough fraudster can extend their online lies into the off into the offline world. Meeting someone in person, researching their background, and doing a reverse image search on their profile picture 
It's all good advice, but it's not foolproof. Ultimately, fraud is almost always about money. So consider the motives behind any request for financial help. I never send money you can't afford to lose. In 2020, Australians lost more than $131 million to romance fraud. It's a heavy price to pay for chasing true love. So let's go up to the top of the article. I never fall for it. No victim wakes up in the morning thinking I am going to give away all my money today. Instead, it's the result of a painstaking grooming process. Offenders, having earned their victim's trust, will often create realistic-looking contracts, bank statements, or official letters to justify their request for money. They will typically depict these requests as both urgent and secret, as in the case of Lviv's security emergency, in which he claimed to be attempting to negotiate business deals while in hiding. This tactic reduces the victim's ability to respond rationally or seek outside advice. Victims of romance fraud suffer a wide range of negative impacts, including shame and social stigma. They are often blamed and held responsible for their financial losses, and this stereotyping makes it less likely they will report such crimes. So, the top of the article is... Um, why do victims send money? Watching from the safety of your living room couch is easy to say I wouldn't go along with that, but we must not underestimate a skilled offender's ability to identify a weakness or vulnerability and exploit it mercilessly. Using surveys with victims and non-victims, research has revealed a handful of traits associated with falling victim to romance fraud. Crucially, people with higher levels of romanticized beliefs or who believe in the idea of true love are more likely to become victims. Several victims I spoke with could identify a particular reason prompting their initial decision to engage with an offender. It may have been the loss of a previous relationship or a change in life circumstances, such as retirement or children leaving home. In many cases, a split-second decision to swipe right on a profile or respond to a friendly message changed their lives forever. Someone's level of vulnerability to fraud is not static. It can change on a monthly, weekly, or even daily basis. Many victims would not have been deceived at, um, had they seen the message at a different time. Offenders target hundreds of victims in the hope of a single success. My research has also found many offenders use psychological abuse techniques similar to those commonly found in domestic violence. Offenders might prevent victims from communicating with family and friends, bombard them with messages to monopolize their attention, or verbally abuse them to make them feel worthless. All these tactics impair a victim's ability to think clearly about the situation or seek help. And I read the five steps of what they do or whatever. So I sent that to the fucking person. I sent that to the person, right? What is romance fraud? Romance fraudsters are the guise of a personal relationship to exploit their victim's trust and gain a financial advantage. Or sometimes, as ACO this week warned, to, to access private or classified information. It typically happens online through a dating website or app or social media platform. In many cases, the victim and offender never actually meet. However, as the Tinder swindler shows, it can also happen in face-to-face -face relationships. Romance fosters use a range of skillful grooming techniques, social engineering practices, and psychological abuse tactics to gain compliance from their victims. So let's go to the chat that the person started today because they didn't message me on Facebook because I deleted the conversation and I said I was going to go on my Facebook and delete them, just block them, just say fuck this shit. I already know they on some bullshit, bro. So I went to the top of the, the um, 
I went to the top of the shit for, for Sunday. I was like, it's Chad. And she's like, hey, baby. And that just gets me so mad. It's like, that's a bad sign. Women don't act like that. You're not that fucking needy. Women don't act like that, bro. Hey, baby. I'm like, hey, Sandy. How you doing? I'm okay. How are you? And then she says, yeah, am good. First off, no American's going to say, yeah, am good. Yes, I am good. Yeah, I am good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Bitch, put am good. Yeah, I'm good. Who's good, bitch? I mean, like, no American talks like that. You're supposed to be a 37-year-old white lady, bro, from Chicago or whatever. Bitch, nobody talks like that, bro. Nobody talks like that, bro. Nobody talks like that. Now, uh, she was like, you're not picking now. Um, she was like, you're not picking now. Like, you're not picking up now. She was trying to call me earlier on some shit on Facebook, I think. But I was in the car with my mom, so I was like, I can't even pick it up. And then I was like, um, a call never went through. And she was like, because this is a group. I messaged you directly, but no reply. Go and check your invite. This is a group. You can only call on direct chat. And I'm like, hey. She's like, what's up? Oh, yeah, I hit her up today. Just fucking with her. Nah, she hit me up first. She said, hey, at 157. So I was just fucking with her. I was like, fuck this bitch. I was like, what's up? Are you still in danger and fear for your life? And then she says, I'm good. The only fear I have is to not get shot or killed. It can only be God and his protection is certain over me, okay? And then first off, Americans don't say okay like that. They don't use okay that much. Okay is a response. They don't use okay. I'm trying to do this, okay? Okay? It was like you're trying too hard to uh, convince somebody when you use the word okay. Americans do not talk like that, bro. So I just told her straight the fuck up. Your English is so off. White people don't talk like that. You don't know proper English placement. You talk like a foreigner. Americans don't talk how you talk. I won't teach you better, but I laugh because it's like I'm talking to a child. And Americans don't say okay that much. You're trying too hard, okay? 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 To let this bitch know, like, bitch, you dumb. So right after that, I sent her the fucking link to the article. Sciencealert.com slash first the love bomb, then a financial emergency, five tactics to avoid romance fraud. The tender, the tender swindler. <laughs> then I told her, you are doing the same shit as this foreigner scam artist. You use the same fucking excuses. So stupid. And she says, LOL, you funny though. I said, you're an African male and that makes you a faggot. Your name is Habib. You're not even a woman because the woman uses her real pictures. The woman will use her real pictures. I had this happen to me a few weeks ago. You fucking faggot was pretending to be a white girl. Then she was like, I actually don't have any damn time to argue with you. You can think whatever you want to think or say. And me... Bitch didn't say I am me. She said am me and will never try to be another. So get that straight. If it's hard for you to believe, take care of yourself. Okay. Then I sent her an excerpt from the fucking article, the five tactics. Then I told her, I stopped you at number two. You rushed into a relationship. I stopped you there. You take care of yourself, you fucking faggot. And then she was like, LOL, you really funny. And I was like, I was interested to see how you asked for money. I wanted to see what excuse you used to get money from me. The truth is funny, faggot. I'm not from the third world country. I have intelligence. I have morals. Your Facebook has only posts from Africans. White girls don't have Africans on their pages. Like straight Africans. A bunch of fucking Africans. No white girl on Facebook has nothing but Africans posting on her timeline. 
You know what I'm saying? So I don't use the word faggot because they are literally a guy pretending to be a woman. This is not a homosexual slur. You're a faggot because you're pretending to be a girl to get money from me over the internet. That makes you a fucking faggot. But I wouldn't call a homosexual that because it's a slur. It's just something to hurt their feelings. What the fuck is a faggot? A faggot is a motherfucker who's doing gay shit for money. Like, you're not a homosexual. You're a male pretending to be a woman online to steal money from people. That makes you a fucking faggot. That's what I mean. It had nothing to do with your sexual desire, your sexual orientation. Not going to call you that if you like guys. If you like guys and you're a guy, you're just a homosexual. It's that simple. You're just gay. It's whatever. But I'm not going to call you a faggot because you like men. No, you're a man who likes women, but you're pretending to be a woman online to steal money from men. You're a fucking faggot. So that's the only time I use that word, bro. You're a fucking faggot. That's the only time I could use that word and you not get mad at me. Because I'm not referring to someone who is actually gay. You are a male online pretending to be a woman to steal money from men. You are a fucking faggot. So, you all have a great day. Thank you for listening. I hope this was hilarious. This is just me venting and everything. I know I got real angry. But the angrier I get, the funnier I get. I just try to keep it all, you know, not too harsh. So... But I got pretty harsh on this, I won't lie. Yeah, this is harsh chat talking. Chat got mad. Mad chat. Say hello to mad chat, nigga. So thank you. Have a great day.